0: Hello, and welcome Welcome to to The Bipod. My name is Chelsea Bergen, and my pronouns are they and them.
1: And I'm Christina Brown. My pronouns are she, her. The Bipod is a podcast about all things bisexual. We are here to talk about our own identities, respond to bisexual representation in media, and talk to awesome guests about their queer experiences and relationships with bisexuality.
0: We welcome anyone who has any kind of relationship with or curiosity about queerness. We define bisexuality as experiencing attraction to both people who share your gender identity and those who don't.
1: We don't know everything. This podcast is one piece of the long history of bisexual and queer discourse. We're here to be part of the conversation.
0: Let's get into it.
1: First episode, so we just wanted to take the opportunity to answer some questions that um, we came up with. No one asked, and but to, they might ask. They if, might want to know if we didn't give them the answers. Yeah, true. Yeah, you don't know the answers to any questions you don't ask. There's some really smart version of that <laughs> adage somewhere in the world. <laughs> Anyways, this is our highly professional first episode, um, and we're just gonna, you know, get to know each other on a microphone. And um, talk about what we want to see for this podcast and um, give you some background information. So, Chelsea, what have you been thinking about lately?
0: Mm, um,
1: I've been thinking about when it's
0: important to explicitly state something versus when it, that thing can just exist. Particularly thinking about, like, queer media. Um, it's come up in a couple of things that I have watched recently. Uh, And trying to figure out like what is the balance between it's nice when something just exists and we don't have to comment on it versus like actually you're doing a disservice by not saying like this character is queer or those kinds of things. Like what is that balance between naming something and like just letting it be what it is without having to make it into a thing.
1: That's cool. That feels very important.
0: What have you been thinking about Christina?
1: I've been thinking about a lot of things because I just like sit at home working remotely all day with my thoughts. Um but uh today and like the past couple of days I've been thinking about intention and like when intention matters and when it like kind of doesn't. Um specifically in like personal projects. Um I've been working on a book, brag, for a couple of years. Woo. And um I technically started it at the beginning of 2019, but I've worked on it like earnestly for most of 2020 um and as I'm like sort of finishing the poetry collection I'm like looking through and realizing that it's like not at all what I set out to do um I had like a very Virgo style list at the beginning of 2019 you would be so proud um of all the things that I felt like I wanted the book to be about and then I didn't want the book to be about but then I wrote it in drastically different circumstances than I expected because I in fact did not predict the COVID-19 pandemic um, but I don't really feel disappointed. I feel like I wanted to write a book about some like I don't know major themes that I think are still coming through, um, you know, and the situation changed, and I'm just like figuring out how to be okay with it, yeah, yeah, um, so Chelsea, what does a typical day in your life look like? I work remotely so
0: during the weekdays I spend? approximately eight hours uh sitting behind my computer screen um selling dog products on the internet that's uh in summation what I do for a living um but outside of that I really love reading so um lately in the morning I've been trying to read first thing um, I'm really obsessed with the Libby app, which, for anyone who is unfamiliar, uh, you can connect your library card to it and then download ebooks from the library. They also have audiobooks. And um, it's great. I've used that to, like, replace, m- has mostly replaced my, like, obsessive checking of Instagram because I just open up Libby and, like, oh, read things. That's
1: a good idea. Yeah. I need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
0: how am I going to stop using Instagram so much? And I did it by just replacing it with another app. Um, also, I recently got Pocket, which is an app for saving articles from around the web. So now I've been using that to read things on the Internet. So some reading. Um, I try to do that, but I'm definitely not one of those people who's like a paragon of virtue and like reads mm-hmm. every single day. Um I my life definitely revolves around food in a lot of ways. So like sometimes that means cooking it or sometimes that means staring into the fridge saying I don't have any food to eat, even though there's absolutely food in the fridge.
1: Relatable content. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I definitely start like at breakfast time. I'm like, what am I going to eat for lunch? Uh, oh, plan yeah. Ahead.
1: Same. <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to make for dinner? And it's 10 a.m. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. I have been thinking about dinner tonight's dinner since last night, in fact. <laughs> I do some writing. I am um, a writer. So sometimes that is a thing that I do in a day. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to this podcast, I also have another podcast, which is about pop culture, which is called casually obsessed. And so I spend a lot of time recording and editing and producing that as well. Um, in quarantine, those are like pretty mu- that's pretty much what I do. I work and I eat and I podcast um, in non COVID times. Uh, I spend a lot of time at coffee shops, which I like really miss. Either just hanging out there to work on stuff or like going to open mics and things, which is how we
1: know each other. It is how we know each other. <laughs> and what about you, Christina? What does a typical day look like? For typical you? day. Well, uh before I answer that, I do want to say that I sent you something on Instagram yesterday. Or maybe today, I don't remember. But it said, you know, it says like last active. It said last active yesterday. And I was like, wow, what a power move. I have never like not been active during the day on it. But (laughs) I was like, wow, Chelsea really has it together. (laughs) They have not been on Instagram for a whole day. I was like really impressed. Anyways, um, (laughs) for me, a typical day right now, same thing. My life is different because quarantine. Um, I wake up in the morning and I tutor at a college uh, over Zoom. Um, And then I have a lunch break where i try to get everything done and don't and then i tutor little kids on zoom um pretty exhausting i do love teaching i hate zoom um but we're getting through it um i bought a treadmill which was very financially irresponsible at the beginning of the (laughs) pandemic At the beginning i guess over the summer um and so i've been running like a few times a week, which is nice. I feel like I'm sleeping better. Should
0: you made be- an investment in yourself. I did. Saying? That's what the uh fitness influencers on
1: Instagram would mm-hmm. say. That's true.
0: Yeah. Don't follow any of those. But I would
1: assume <laughs> that's what they would say. <laughs> hashtag um, Fitzbo. Hashtag Fitzbo. Hashtag. I don't know. I don't even know what they use. Um, yeah, yeah, that's been good. Um I also like I said, I'm working on a book, so I have been trying to read and write every day. Um Pretty unsuccessfully, but I probably get like four or five days out of the week, which feels good. And some of those days, it's like I write one line and then I'm like, "That's it." Um, (laughs) But it's been good. I've never been somebody who like I feel like the read every day, write every day thing sounds very like capitalist and like unnecessarily vigilant to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still mostly feel that way. But I do think it's been nice to like commit to that practice, even if it just ends up. If I just end up reading, you know. Um, I feel like I'm still engaging with like words. Um, and I feel like it's definitely improved my writing. Um, and my partner, well, we lived together, he still goes to work during the day, which is good because I think it helps things feel more normal, you know? (laughs) Um, the first couple weeks of the pandemic, he like didn't. We like we were both working from home in our old apartment, which was very small. Um, and it was fine. Like he's very easy to be around, but I was also like I never miss you. We are always, (laughs) our apartment was one room, so we were just always in the same room. Um, So, yeah, he comes home at night, and then usually we'll try to cook together um, and then, like, watch a show or, like, find some activity to do in our living room. Um, But, yeah, that's a typical day for me. And then on the weekends, um, I try to Zoom with my friends as much as I can emotionally handle. Um, Yeah. I've also been watching a lot of bad TV. (laughs) <laughs> which I don't normally do. I don't know why. I just feel like in quarantine, I can't handle like emotional roller coasters. Like the stakes must be very low. Like I can't handle um, the up and down because I'm not used to it anymore. So I'm like, I'm going to watch, I don't know, Dynasty. It's awful. Um, but <laughs> I watched the beginning of Dynasty and I was like,
0: I feel like this is the kind of trashy that I could get into. And then I didn't, which I know is anticlimactic for this, but you said <laughs> you've been watching Dynasty and immediately I wanted to be like, I watched that show, but I, I, <laughs> I don't. I tried to. I started to. yeah. But, you know, maybe I'll circle back to it just so we can talk about <laughs> yeah, Dynasty. Yeah, no
1: need. I think <laughs> I, I started watching it on Sunday and it's the kind of show where like that same day I was like, okay, I got to know what happened. <laughs> but now that it's been a few days, I'm like, I'm not going back because I know that if I do, like, right now, I don't need to know, but if I go back, I will need to know.
0: There's a new podcast, which I haven't listened to yet, but I'm really excited about, called Too Long, Didn't Watch, Ooh. where they have a celebrity guest who watches the first episode of a show and the last episode of a show, <laughs> and then basically just tries to guess, like, what happened on the show and gives their theories what they think it's about the first episode is john ham watching gossip girl <laughs> and the second episode is allison
1: Bree and game of thrones oh that sounds perfect yeah and i'm like i feel like i can get behind yeah. this i too watched the actually i watched the first three seasons of game of thrones and i was like i've enjoyed none of this i've spent roughly 30 hours more than an entire day watching this show I don't like it. I'm giving up. So I feel like I gave it a fair chance. But that sounds like a great show. I would listen to that. I feel like you could do that with Dynasty. You can just watch like the recaps at the beginning (laughs) of every episode. And they basically tell you what happened. But I recently tried to rewatch. I tried to watch the last season of Westworld because I love that show. But I just like have not been in a place to be able to handle such nuance. Um, But I was like, I think I can do it now. I think uh, like a few days ago and then I started watching the third season and I was like I don't know any like what happened <laughs> and then I watched the like because I watched it it must have been in like 2018 I think um so then I went back and watched the last episode of season two and I was like I don't remember any of this. Um, so I think I need to go back but that's like not garbage television that I've been watching
0: yeah I watched the first season of Westworld and really liked it but I was watching it like as it was airing and then the season was over and by the time the second season came back I was really excited before it came out and then I don't know what was going on in my life but I was like I do not have the bandwidth for what this show requires it takes of me. a <laughs> lot of bandwidth
1: yeah I watched it because um, here's a fun fact about me. I do a lot of academic research about sex robots, Um, very specific. Um, I also have a fun fact about that that I'll tell you after this. But um, it was just, like, relevant because I was writing about, like, pop culture representation and sex robots. Um, And Westworld is, like, what most people refer to when they're talking about, like, sex robot products. They're like, oh, Westworld is coming. And I'm like, is that a good thing? I don't know. But the fun fact about sex robots and Christina is that the other day I was looking for, I was trying to send someone the link to my published paper, brag, um, (laughs) about sex robots. So I Google Christina Brown sex robots um, because usually the paper just comes up and then I can send it to them. But there's an actor named Christina Brown who has one credit on IMDb and this person was, quote, sexy robot. On one episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, (laughs) and I was like, "What are the fucking chances?" Um, we have to do a panel or something. I have to find this person. Yeah. But, anyways, that's an an interesting. um, That's amazing. (laughs) That's not what a typical day in my life looks like. Uh, But it feels relevant. Um, so Chelsea, what is an interesting fact about you?
0: I was in community theater for six years oh, as a I kid. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's one of those things that is, like, very central to my identity, but I just sort of forget about it because it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is just a fact about me. Everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> and so then when it does come up, people have the reaction that you just did where they're like, oh, I didn't know that. But it also surprises no one to hear that. Yeah,
1: I'm not surprised. Yeah. I just, like, immediately pictured you – In Greece, like not as a specific (laughs) character, I just like I feel like every community theater does like a very good production of Greece, and I just like (laughs) saw you.
0: Oh, I can't sing, so I would not have been cast in Mm. Greece, but Mm -hmm. um, I do, I do a great jazz square for sure.
1: Oh, you'll have to show. Um, I know that this is not a visual Uh. medium, but the people at home will want to see that. Um,
0: (laughs) Social content behind the paywall.
1: I feel like we kind of answered this question, but just in case, um, do you have any quarantine specific hobbies? And if so, do you think that you'll keep doing them after all of this is over in 2024? Well, I've definitely bought
0: a lot more plants, which I feel like is, has definitely mm-hmm. been a, um, a quarantine uptake. Thing yeah, I
1: can it. confirm I am sitting in a beautiful forest. <laughs>
0: Um, I did have even pre-quarantine I had like a pretty extensive collection of succulents but now I have more leafy plants which I did not have before I well also I I got a dog in quarantine which is not a hobby per se I Brack. will definitely be continuing to have a dog <laughs> um, <laughs> I do feel like I have to defend myself in that like i had been wanting to no get one's a dog attacking you for okay. a long time and then i was like well i work from home now so i don't have and also i'm lonely so like mm-hmm. now's the time to get a dog i'm not just one of those people that you know just decided on a whim
1: to get a dog it would also be okay if you just decided <laughs> no no <laughs> one
0: is attacking you here at chelsea in my head though in they're head, judging like, oh. me for being basic
1: I love how you're like, I chose to get a pet, which is a very normal thing. Here, let me defend myself.
0: <laughs> it's the in quarantine part. Yeah. Um. I just, you know, I, I God it's forbid big life change. all of my basic tendencies be mistaken for being basic. <laughs> I bought plants and a dog, but I'm very complex. Um. <laughs> Oh, And then also have gotten very into another basic thing about me that's come up in quarantine. I've gotten really into decorating my apartment, which mm-hmm. also coincides with the fact that I moved several times this year, mm-hmm. which sucked. Uh, but now I live in a place that I never want to leave mm-hmm. and have really taken to uh, making myself cozy.
1: That's important because we're like at home all day. Yeah. <laughs> Every day.
0: I've just bought myself a new mattress because I was like well I need one and also like I have I'm here all the time I'm never not at home yeah so I should be comfortable I agree
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense I've always been very like I have a very specific like mermaid witch aesthetic and I only feel happy and comfortable when my space reflects that and before the pandemic I was living alone so I was just like unhinged like there were seashells covering the apartment I mean it was beautiful yeah it it was was a lot it was a lot it was pretty like you could not walk in and think that anyone else lived there which is what I wanted um and then my partner moved in and luckily he's a pretty flexible um he is not quite as into mermaids as I am maybe not even at all um so we put (laughs) up like a few things that he liked but now we're in um a bigger space that we both like moved into at the same time so I don't know it's still pretty like mermaid ocean yeah there's crystals everywhere but we also have like some things that he likes. but I also work from home all day so I'm like th- it has to be good yeah. I painted um the room that I work in like a Tiffany blue like turquoise kind of color um hung things up it's very important um so this podcast is called the bipod so I'm gonna go ahead and assume that you're bisexual I am. yes Great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm in the right place. Yeah. Are you in, are you in I, the right place? I am in fact in the right place. Great. Just, feel, you know, let's establish. Um, so as we're starting to talk more about the podcast and what we're going to be, you know, doing, not every episode will be us just talking about random things about ourselves. Although we are very interesting, uh, incredibly interesting <laughs> incredibly um, and complex. <laughs> um, but can you talk a little bit about your bisexuality? Um, and maybe tell us what your journey to this identity was like, or what your relationship to that identity is.
0: Yeah, I came to bisexuality very reluctantly. Um, I had always had some level of interest in women, like I can remember very distinctly, um, wanting to kiss my friend my mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> like female <laughs> friends growing up um but also knowing that like that was not a thing that I was supposed to do or that like would be well received mm-hmm. um and you know heteronormative culture i was like well i'm attracted to men and so therefore i'm a straight person and i'm just going to compartmentalize and then in high school um, I had, like, very big feelings for one of my friends who was like, I'm gay. And then I just, like, cried hysterically because I was like, you're gay. <laughs> Maybe I'm gay. <laughs> and um, so I was like, okay, I'm a lesbian. Uh, and there were a couple of people in my life who were like, are you? And I was like, I'm attracted to women and therefore I must be a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a while to actually, uh, be willing to acknowledge the fact that I could be bisexual. I definitely was like, that's fine for other people, but it definitely couldn't mm-hmm. possibly be possible <laughs> for me. I just, I could never. Um, so I definitely had a lot of, uh, internalized biphobia to unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, that was kind of my. Now I'm. It is like very central to my conception. Yeah, I walked into
1: Chelsea's apartment today and was handed a holographic sticker that says bisexual like five times. It's (laughs) beautiful. (laughs) Um.
0: Yeah. Now I'm like, how could I have ever thought that I'm anything other than bi? And I feel like it's very central to my worldview. And like, I don't. I don't think anyone would ever like mistake me for. A straight person. Actually, I say that, but anytime <laughs> I have like a male-identified partner, people are like, "Oh, hey, you're a straight person." Yeah. Um, but that's because they haven't had a conversation with me, right? So anyway, yeah, that's they haven't that's, seen the sticker. <laughs> they haven't seen the sticker. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a kind of um my at least the beginnings of my kind of bi story. What about you? How did you come to bisexuality?
1: I feel like some, there's some similarities for sure. I remember being like pretty young and um, like probably elementary school or junior high. And my mom and I would always get like those Victoria's Secret magazines. And I really liked the magazines. Um, and I told my mom who, God bless her, she is a straight person, but she was doing her best. Um, I was like, mom, like, I, I think I like girls. Like, but I was like really worried because I was like a child, like facing like, non-heterosexual sexuality i was like i've never seen a movie where this is so like what do i do yeah and she was like well you might be attracted to girls and that's okay but you also might just want to be like them you know um she she, like basically said attraction can be wanting to be with someone or wanting to be like them which like as a straight woman that's probably very true for her um but i was like oh okay i just want to be like them and then i just like for at least a decade just like uncritically was attracted to women and like had trysts with women and was just like yeah I just want to be like you and like just simply didn't think about it um don't know how I'm like a very like anxious <laughs> person but I was just like oh yeah um like I got in trouble for kissing one of my like best friends in elementary school and but I was like oh we were just kissing <laughs> I don't know um I'm also like a I don't know. I'm always like in a monogamous relation. I'm like a serial monogamous, um, so I feel like I was like in a lot of long relationships with men. And same thing, I was like, well, I'm not not attracted to like people who are not women, so I must be straight. And I remember having by friends and being like, well, that just sounds overwhelming. You could be <laughs> attracted to anybody, um, and here I am, <laughs> not being overwhelmed. Um, yeah. So I feel like I relate to that a lot. But then when I was in graduate school, like way into my not way into my life, I'm not old, but um, I was like, coming to terms with my attraction because I've been single for a long time for the first time since I was like, 14. <laughs> um, And like figuring out who I was without like, a partner. And I was like, Oh, like, I really like girls. And a couple of my friends were like, going to a bar and they're like, Oh, do you wanna come? And I was like, No, I've had a day. And then I was like, actually I hate being alone right now. Let's hang out. And I told one of my like straight lady friends, like, Oh, I, I think I like girls. And she was like, Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, What? Um, and she was like, Yeah, you've never like used terms, but I've seen you kiss women. And I was like, Huh, interesting. And then I like most of my friends are queer. Um, straight people are exhausting. And so <laughs> I li- no offense to our ally listeners. Um, I am currently um, in a relationship with a straight person who is very nice. Can um, <laughs> confirm. I can confirm. Nice man. He gets me a pride present every year. The first year it was bright rainbow pants that did not fit me. Um, They're a one size fits all. And I do not have an ass that is a one size fits all. <laughs> God but bless him though. God. But he, he really tried. tried. He really tried. Um, so, but yeah, I was going around to my friends and I was like, oh, I, I like girls. And they were like, yeah. And one of my friends who was also bi was like, oh, thank God. I've had your coming out present since 2016 and <laughs> mailed me promptly. So I knew that she had definitely had it. Um, like this set of, you've seen them before. They're like little mermaid uh, teaspoons Um, and they're like rainbow in different colors. Um, and yeah. And then I told my mom and she was like, I know. I thought it was like going to be at like 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 I knew she'd be okay with it but like I thought it was going to be more of a conversation but she was like yes I know I just <laughs> thanks for telling me and I was like okay so everyone knew that I was bisexual except for me um and I feel the same way I think it's very like central to my identity um I don't hand out holographic bisexual stickers yet but I'm like I talk about it all the time and I feel the experience very deeply I'd be happy to give you some stickers to give out. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, what a greeting. That's like instead of a business card, it's just like a <laughs> <laughs> <got my> sticker. <sighs> um, so do you feel like your bisexuality, um, unlike queer identity, is seen and or validated in your communities? Mm.
0: Um, well, I definitely have cultivated some really – strong queer friendships and I think those are really important for me. Um, I think for a lot of my life I felt not gay enough mm, um, mm-hmm. and so I really didn't feel like I could participate in queer spaces and to my recollection that was always like a thing in my own head, like, I can't think of any instances where, like, other queer people actually said or did anything, it was always just, like, that I didn't really feel like I could take up space, and so, um, I was never a part of any, like, orgs, or, like, um, you know, at LGBTQ centers or like things that I know other people in my life have like very strong relationships to those things. Mm-hmm. And I didn't um, or have not. Um, and so I think developing like strong queer friendships. Also, um, there are definitely a lot of people who've been in my life for a long time. And like when we met each other, we did not necessarily identify as queer or maybe we did but we were baby queers and it was very sort Mm -hmm. of like and now it's Mm -hmm. like um we have sort of blossomed in our queerness together and that's actually really great to be like oh yeah we just like find each other yeah (laughs) absolutely um and in terms of like other relationships in my life yes and no I've been single for um, A couple of years now. And so most of the people who I'm close with, who I interact with on like a day to day basis or I mean, in COVID, I don't interact with anyone other than my roommate on a day to day basis. But, you know, the people that I interact with the most often are people who have only known me. As a single person, for the most part, mm. um, and so I haven't had to navigate the like, how are these people treating me or interpreting me, like, based on who I'm in a relationship with.
1: Mm.
0: Um, I did a thing that was kind of funny. This was a while ago now. Um, the last person that I was in a relationship with, um, was a man, and i one of my very best friends allison, um when she met me, him and I were dating, and um we were together for two years, and she knew me through like the duration of that relationship and um, I was hanging out with her and some of her friends one time um and one of her friends, who was in that group um was by, and we were like flirting a little bit. And afterward, Allison was like, I never think of you as, what did she say? Um, something about, like, she didn't think of me as, like, giving off, like, gay vibes. Until <laughs> I, don't, she, like, I don't see it. <laughs> um, until she saw me interact with her other bisexual friend. And then she was like, oh, there was, like, definitely something in the room. The two of you just, like, immediately identified the other one as a queer person and she was like I just I hadn't expected that until I saw it like happening um interesting
1: yeah i guess that makes sense cuz i feel like so much of sexuality unfortunately is like only perceived when it is like outside of yourself when you're like performing it yeah I feel like that's why bisexuality like a lot of bi people that i know talk about it a lot because like if you're a monogamous person your bisexuality like only exists inside of you and so it's like for me it's like a constant like quest of like proving that I'm real even if no (laughs) one's asked that of me I'm like I know that I am like with a person of this gender but like don't worry I also am still like I'm a real person I actually still exist and my attraction is still like the same you know yeah but that would make sense if like if Allison hadn't seen you like in a queer yeah space, whatever that is
0: yeah i was like my uh my haircut didn't like give it that's a true <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, i guess this is a podcast so someone who doesn't know me in real life won't know but um i have an undercut mm-hmm. uh i very canonically gay <laughs> yeah i a between an undercut and a faux hawk which you know has been appropriated by the straights for sure mm, but the straights um but
1: <laughs> i
0: definitely have a an aesthetic that is mm-hmm. not traditionally straight, I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Alt queer. <laughs> yeah. I was explaining that to my partner and his, but uh, like there's two straight people that I know and it's my partner and like his friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, They're both from Kenya and he lives down the street from us. So we like, and he lives alone. So in quarantine, we're like a little pod. Um, So you see him like every couple of weeks. And one of my friends from high school, Um, I love this journey for her. She, like just realized that she's a lesbian um and I guess I won't get into the details but we like reconnected about it um and it was really cool to be like yeah we like didn't know that we were queer in high school but like we found each other and look at us now you know um so as part of her like lesbian announcement she shaved half her head and I was like this is the thing that you do and they were like what like what is why and I was like what do you mean why like this is the aesthetic this is And they were like, what do men do when they come out? And I was like, I don't know what men do. Um, I only know what, like, women and feminine people do. Um, But, yeah, that's, like, an interesting, like, cultural signifier. Yeah. It was a thing for a while, like, before I think we were alive, where, like, queer men would, like, pierce one of their ears. Yes. But then the straights, as far as I know, have co-opted that. Yes. Yeah. We're definitely going to have to do an episode
0: talking about queer aesthetics Mm -hmm. oh yes because it's one of the it's like a really complex thing of like signaling is a very important part of like finding other queer people Mm -hmm. and also
1: you shouldn't like make assumptions about people (laughs) based on their appearance (laughs) and like what is that how does that work like straight women who have rainbows in their Instagram bio I'm like (laughs) you can like rainbows that there's actually nothing wrong with that but it is confusing for me (laughs) Yeah, I have the perfect guest in my head for that episode. We'll have to talk. Okay. Um yeah, I agree.
0: Do you how do you feel about that? Do you feel like um do you feel seen and validated in your identity?
1: I mean, I feel like right now, like in this moment, I'm in a very like special warm little like place because I like only interact with like four people in person and they're like very consciously chosen. It's like my partner who is very like conscious of like affirming my identity and like other bisexual people and his one friend that I see every like once a month, um, but in general, um, I think it depends. I I have like the opposite experience, the opposite experience um, to you, where I like have been in a long term relationship with a man um, for the past couple years, and um, I think like my parents, for example. Like I don't think my mom would never be like, Oh, you're not bi, but she also like probably never thinks about it because she's like she's with the man now and like that's that. Um, I also have some like gay friends, um, who like I was in the car with one of them one time, someone that I love very much. Um, we when we were like in a parking garage and this like visibly heterosexual couple, I know I shouldn't make assumptions, but like I did not get vibes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah um, of like this guy and this girl. Um we were walking in front of our car and just, like, had no awareness that anyone else was in the world, Um, so I was just, like, slowly behind them just trying to, like, get to my spot, and um, my friend was like, oh, my God, straight couples, and then he was like, oh, sorry, and I was like, I have never been in a straight couple, (laughs) Um, so I'm not offended by that, but I do think there's, like, people who are, um, there's a term that I, like, just recently learned like mono attracted or something like that, where they're only attracted to one gender. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more complicated than that, but I guess we'll get into it later. Uh, but I feel like people who don't have like a bi or a pan experience, like it's probably very easy to forget other people. Like to forget, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and that doesn't necessarily have to be sinister, but it is kind of like hurtful sometimes. So I do feel that, but I think um, I also am in a poetry workshop with like a lot of people who are like I think pretty heterosexual um I haven't seen anything otherwise um and I wrote a poem recently where I like I'm kind of like talking about two relationships not really comparing but just like moving through a time in my life and a lot of people gave me the feedback of like well this is confusing because you say he and then she and I'm like that's not confusing (laughs) you know like I just am by. and then they're like well you have to say that and I'm like No I don't like you know you wouldn't have to say I'm straight even though I'm talking about two people do you know what I mean and again that also doesn't feel like it has sinister intentions but I'm like I guess I just have to put this holographic bisexual sticker on everything that I do which is fine seriously um but yeah I feel like for me like love and attraction is probably like the easiest and simplest thing about myself I'm like when I am out of other people's context, it's like very just simple um, and not complicated. And I feel like when I get into other contexts, it's suddenly complicated. And I'm like, it's really not. Um, But I think for the most part, um, even the people who have made me feel like, oh, you like don't (laughs) think about my sexuality all the time. I think it's mostly been innocuous in intention I think that that matters but I am excited to kind of talk about like bisexual place in the queer space and the queer communities um and queer aesthetics I think that there is a conversation to be had about like straight passing you know and sort of like the privilege that comes with it um but also like the loss that comes with it um and I'm excited to kind of like get into that later in the season yeah yeah um, I love this question. I wrote it, but I do have to say that I love it. <laughs> are there any bisexual myths that are wildly true about you? I cuff
0: my pants. <laughs> like, I never wear jeans without cuffing them unless they're, like, tucked into boots or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I also cuff my sleeves sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the shirt I'm currently wearing. Um, it, it is cuffed. It I is. Can but confirm. actually, the sleeves are sewn that way, so I didn't even have to cuff them myself. um yeah I'm really um we're here for the cuffed clothing aesthetic um I already talked about my hair and there was a tweet that maybe you sent to me or maybe I sent it to you or maybe I just saw it on the internet but um that said bisexual uh physically afraid of dating men and emotionally afraid of dating women and i was like yes Yes. (laughs) yeah 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 those are definitely some like uh bisexual stereotypes that are true about me yeah
1: yeah i don't remember i have also seen that tweet but i don't know if you sent it to me or if like we both (laughs) had the same algorithm i don't know but that's so true. I feel like I'm like, uh, I hate men. Like they're all just awful. I don't feel safe. I don't like it. I don't want to be around you. But then with women, I'm like, well, this has to work out because if it doesn't, then I'm actually not bisexual. So we have to be in love. I've been in, I've like stayed with women for way too long because I was like, well, I'm putting a lot of pressure on this relationship. I don't like sports like at all. I think they're the most boring thing ever. And I for like months was in this like kind of situation with a girl who like really earnestly loved sports and there's nothing wrong with that she was very nice but I was like why am I still like I was like really trying and I was like (laughs) we don't have anything in common it's literally just because she's a woman and I want to feel like validated this is too much too much pressure on a relationship (laughs) so true there's also there's a tweet that you sent me I think you sent it to me that was like um bisexuals be like I can't I can't, what, tell the difference between, between platonic and a, a romantic relationships? Or uh maybe it was platonic and romantic attraction. Yes. And I was laughing, and my boyfriend was like, is that true? And I was like, mind your business. <laughs> I was like, bisexuals just laugh. I, I love that there's, like, this culture of bisexual people, like, making really specific claims about the entire community. And everyone is just like, yep, we yep. validate. Even if, like... Maybe there's like a nuanced version that's not true. Or even if it's kind of just not true of you, you're still like, yes, I validate you. We are the same. Yes. I really love that about <laughs> us. I have to say. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I cannot sit in a chair like a regular person. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even like at this all. moment, I've got my leg, like one leg tucked under yeah. me. I'm like trying. My neck actually hurts because I don't sit properly all day. Um, so I'm like trying to do the opposite of what I do. So I'm just, like, doing a weird C-curve with my spine for no reason. But Chelsea gave me this great chair to sit in that, like, spins quietly. So hopefully you guys can't hear that I've been, like, rocking. And a little poof to put my feet on. Um, that feels like the most true um, thing about me. Yeah, I actually and I just can't sit. <laughs>
0: I actually didn't learn that until, I was going to say last year, but last year I didn't go anywhere because of the pandemic. So the year before um I went to visit a friend who is also on the bi spectrum um and I was sitting on his couch and I don't know what I was doing but I was definitely sitting weird and sitting bisexual <laughs> yeah and he said something about sitting bisexually, and
1: I was like what I had no idea um yeah yeah I feel so validated when someone is like oh that's bisexual and I'm like oh my god you're right I do that <laughs> so interesting there's probably some like trauma to get into there um for all of us but i just think it's very precious at least on the surface yeah yeah simply can't say it properly <laughs>
0: bisexuality is reading anything any bisexual person <laughs> says about being a bisexual on the internet
1: and saying yes <laughs> that's true yes that is so true <laughs> and like there's probably a really complicated conversation to be had about it but i almost don't want to crack the egg do you know what i mean i'm yeah. like it's just really wholesome maybe it's actually sinister who knows but that's so true i worked at a co-working space for a long time um and i had a coworker who was straight but she's like the probably my favorite heterosexual person i guess besides my boyfriend <laughs> but um <laughs> she like showed up she, her her brother's queer um and i think like i don't know she just like is really she was very steeped in the queer like culture like i took her to a king princess concert and didn't feel weird about it, you know, Um, and that's, like, a big thing. I would never (laughs) take another heterosexual to um, a King Princess concert, but um, she would, like, just say these things where, like, she just hit the nail on the head every single time, you know what I mean, and she just, like, observed me all day, because we just sat at a co-working space, like, avoiding our work, (laughs) Um, but she'd be, like, Christina, sit regular, (laughs) like, she would, like, slack me, like, Christina, what's wrong with you? Put your feet down, (laughs) Um, or, like, there were all these men who worked there, obviously. Um, and if she got there before me, she would like move the chairs around to make sure that I got the chair that I wanted because like we had like weird, like millennial, like trend chairs. And she was like, Christina can't sit in these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, felt like true allyship. That's what the straights should be doing. Move our chairs. <laughs> 2021. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and I just have one last question. What is your number one dream or goal for this show? Um. Do we have to pick just one? No, Uh, that's the whole point of the show. (laughs) We don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Anything under five is good.
0: (laughs) I would love to. Um, acquire many other bi. And queer friends Mm -hmm. from this podcast so I guess just connecting with other queer folks um and I want to have some very gay live events back like when we get to a point where that's a thing that we can do again without endangering people's health Mm -hmm. and um would love to have a really cool guest I mean I know that we're gonna have some some awesome guests but like someone who's definitely um like I want us to have a famous queer you want a celebrity that's our (laughs) aspiration yeah and I didn't have anyone in mind until I started this sentence and then I was like it's Casey McQuiston I want to talk to Casey Mm -hmm. McQuiston
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is my big dream Uh for the bipod (laughs) I love that I love that what about you I realized that I asked this question and did not have (laughs) as soon as I said it I was like oh no like I'm gonna have to answer (laughs) it too um I also am looking to um like expand my queer but probably specifically like buy and pan um like friend group um and even just like community connection you know um I've been thinking a lot about like friendship versus community and I think that they're both really important um and I also realize that like I think for like I think I'm gonna be coming out on this podcast to a lot of people. Um, which is something that I like don't think about a ton. I mean, I'm very like aware that I'm like sort of closeted when I'm with like my extended family. Um, but in the world I'm like, my sexuality doesn't really affect you. You're just like I'm just like doing a weird freelance project for you, <laughs> leave me alone. Um, but I realize like a lot of my um of public facing work and public facing like social media and stuff is like not explicitly queer um which i would like to change and i think that this podcast is um accidentally going to be part of it when i was working at that same co-working space we like stayed late to have dinner one time and my boss was like oh yeah i remember when you came out to us and i was like what (laughs) like there was context it wasn't out of nowhere but they, like, retold me the story, and I don't even remember what it was, but I was, like, I was never not out here. I just work for you, so I, was, yeah. like, <laughs> I wasn't, like, hello, like, this is my name, here's my employment experience, also, I'm attracted to people <laughs> of all genders. Here's who I have sex with. Yeah, Um. and it was, like, appropriate, like, it was okay, that, like, we had a good, like, you know, yeah. friendship. But I was, like, that's so weird that, like, that is a thing, so I guess... Yeah. Um coming out like on a mass scale. <laughs> so I'm just have to
0: saving k- yourself time. Yeah, so I
1: don't have to keep doing it. Um the people <laughs> who need to know know. Um but now you all will also you all i like looked at Chelsea when I said. <laughs> um we we'll all know. So I think that's like my like weird personal um gain <laughs> from this podcast. Yeah. Um but I'm also excited to kind of like get into um some of like the nuances and complications of like identity that I feel like um I don't always have the space to process yeah same
0: I figure things out by talking about them so I'm
1: (laughs) very excited (laughs) to have created a space to just figure things out basically (laughs) yeah literally I'm just like sitting at home writing essays between classes like in my head Um, and I'm like no one can talk about these things with me because I talk to children all day so I have to (laughs) you know keep it to grammar. Um, so i'm excited for this um processing space and to like hear from all of our guests um about like their experiences too because i think like um as much as i love like our monolithic bisexual like (laughs) myths and um experiences i think like that's obviously not true and it's really interesting to me to like um to learn about other people you know i think that like a i will learn more about myself (laughs) um but also i think it's just important like i want to like create a platform for those kinds of conversations um and I think that that's really just important to me
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: I'm excited I'm excited too and we hope that you at home are excited about this podcast yeah thanks for listening to the inaugural episode inaugural (laughs) episode two (laughs) important inaugurations happened um this week and we are yes although by the time you hear
0: this the inauguration will be in the rear view. So you'll be like, what two inaugurations? Right. But it's the presidential inauguration yes. that happened this week mm-hmm. that The first recording.
1: adopted dog is in the White House. Yes. Which is wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our podcast, our inaugural episode has been recorded. So two important things happened this week. Yeah. <laughs> Very important. Definitely on the same magnitude. Same level, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Bipod. <laughs> See you later thanks
0: for listening to this episode of the bipod you can follow us on instagram at the bipod you can email us at thisisthebipod at gmail.com you can find show notes and transcripts of our episodes on our website thebipod.com the show is hosted by chelsea bergen and christina brown And this episode was edited and produced by
1: Chelsea Bergen.
0: Our theme song is Coming Home by Snowflake.